Hello, Emily here. I just want to make sure we thank everyone who has listened to Bite Size this week and beyond. As I'm recording this pre-intro, the day before this episode will air, I am sitting in a terrible Super 8 motel room while at a national speech tournament, so I apologize for the lower audio quality. Originally, our finale episode was going to feature both Randy Casperson and Dr. Vasquez on the 16th, but it became quickly clear to both Ben and I that these interviews each deserve their own episode. Please enjoy this finale with Dr. Vasquez, our first and only in-person interview for the podcast. Thank you again for your follows, listens, and support. Bite-sized out. So hello and welcome to Bite Size, the podcast accompanying the Reality Bites Independent Student Film Festival at Northern Illinois University. Today's episode focuses on the formation of a student film festival, as well as a couple of longtime administrative figures who are involved at Reality Bites. I'm one of your co-hosts, Emily Freed, joined by our, your other co-host, Ben Rayside. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing excellent, Emily, and I'm very excited to talk to our very special guest that we have here today. Exactly. We are not alone. Our next guest is Dr. Laura Vasquez, director of Reality Bites and professor at Northern Illinois University. For listeners who may not know much about you, Dr. Vasquez, could you introduce yourself for any listeners at home? Uh, do I have to say my name again? You can do whatever you want. Any, honestly, anything works because we can edit anything. So okay. you're good. All right. Um, I am the director of Reality Bites Film Festival. I'm also the director of undergraduate studies for the Department of Communication, where I teach in the media production area and studies and theory and history. All righty. So clearly there's a lot going on here. Just for people who don't know because or for when this thing all started and could you give us a rundown of basically the history of this film festival from its conception and all the way to kind of where it is now? Well actually the idea came from a professor of mine at Northwestern when I was doing my PhD and we were talking about what kinds of opportunities there were for student filmmakers to show their films and it turns out there really were none. So when I got my job here I thought maybe I should look into starting a film festival. So I did, and my help were all students who volunteered who just wanted to be a part of it. In the beginning, we probably had eight to ten films a year for the first, I don't know, five years. And then I had a graduate student help me, and he said, no, 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 no. You need to start collecting films on an aggregator like in those days it was without a box which is now not functional anymore it's now film freeway and so we started that and we went from eight to ten films a year to 80 plus films a year in one year wow at that point i decided i needed more than the few volunteer students who were helping me and so i decided maybe we should begin to formalize the group and that formalized group and ultimately became the class. The funny part is, is you answered both of our next question, their next two questions. <laughs> um, but how has Reality Bites and its accompanying course shaped or maybe affirmed any of your approaches as an educator? 
one of the things that I think is really important for students to understand is the process by which films actually make it. So it's not just, I made a film and I'm gonna sell it to Netflix or MGM or Showtime or Hulu, or I'll just put it on YouTube. You can do, you can try to do those things, but selling a film and marketing your own film is a huge amount of work and it takes a lot of money. So I think students need to know that what happens is most independent films enter the marketplace through festivals. And if they're in a festival where distributors and sales agents show up, then they can begin to get circulation for their film. Otherwise, there's no way to get an independent film out there. You have to have studio and production money behind you. And to me, that's really sad. Because what that's really saying is, if you're not part of a studio system, you can't play. You don't have valuable stories to tell. I don't think that's true. And I want students to know, this is how it's done. So when you make a film, get prepared to put your film in a festival and hope that someone picks it up from there, right? As opposed to you marketing your own film, it's, it's pretty much impossible. This is such valuable experience for anyone going into film. I mean, just from the people that we've talked to who have submitted films, I mean, this is basically the start. This is like most of the time it's their first film. So having them have this experience right now is crucial for their, basically their career. You've been doing this for 20 years, almost now this is 21, I believe. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there has been a lot of challenges or roadblocks can you go into detail about that at all? Well, I've had challenges and roadblocks in lots of different ways. I have had students, I had one student one time who came up to me and said, I'm gonna take this class because I need it, but I hate watching movies. <laughs> why are you a media studies major then? Like, why are you here? Why That's are you the, here? Well, this it's is an, the wrong class for that. <laughs> it's an elective for a major anyway. So, I'm, right. And so, okay. I've had challenges with that part of this. It's also a very collaborative course, as is production and the field of production in general. And a lot of students don't know that. They think, I'm going to make a movie. I, me all by myself, I'm gonna make a movie. And the reality is nobody makes movies by themselves because if they did, no one would ever watch them. You need people giving you feedback and encouraging you and telling you that's a good idea and this is not a good idea. Um, that works and this doesn't work. You need that kind of feedback. So it's very collaborative. So the class, I think, teaches you collaboration. We have to work together to make this festival come off. It takes everybody. It takes you two doing the podcast. It takes people working on the website. It takes people designing posters. It takes the review of the films. I mean, it's a big effort. And so I think it's really important for students to learn how to work together. Yeah. And it's interesting that you that you bring up production and collaboration as well, um, because I know that, you know, as a professor of media production and theory, um, while teaching the film festival administration class, you do also teach uh, classes on critical interpretation of film, field production, and many more specifically on the production of documentary film, which I know is 
your your main wheelhouse. Um, have you ever had students take the film festival administration course and then go on to maybe a production course of yours? How does something like working for a film festival shape how students create films? You know, that's a, a, that's a really good question, and I have had students um, take the course and take the documentary production class and then enter them the next year. And regrettably, the class has decided not to accept their films. That's perfectly legitimate. I never, ever tell the class that they have to let in a, a student film from NIU. I think that's inappropriate and manipulative. I'm not doing that. What I am saying is if your film is good enough, this class will know. And if the cl class doesn't think it's good enough, they'll let you know. And it's heartbreaking. I've seen this happen several times. And it is heartbreaking for students, but it's the only way to learn. I'm sorry. Mm. What would you say is the most, if, if I was to submit my film to your uh, Reality Bites Film Festival, what would, you, what would you say is the most valuable piece of advice for me as a starting filmmaker? Get yourself a good script if you're doing a scripted film. It's really important. If it's not in the script, you will not see it on the screen. So it's got to be in the script. Then you have to have people who can deliver that script. So that maybe would be the next part of it. And then you also have to have very decent production values. As far as documentaries go, I had a really interesting conversation with the final judge for the documentaries. And the judge actually discussed with me the importance of character. If you have a strong character, you can do a good documentary. If you don't have a strong character, it's just not going to come off. This it's not going to lift off the screen and and capture the attention, the awareness mm. of the audience. So it depends on what kind of films you're making. What is the key issue, right? If you're doing animations, certainly it's the quality of the animation, but it is also the storytelling. What's in that story? You know, what are you trying to communicate? And, and does your audience appreciate it? Mm. And then for, it, for any students who are feeling discouraged, I know we just were making our way out of the COVID-19 pandemic, and I know it's affected a lot of people with their films, but do you have any advice for filmmakers who are maybe feeling discouraged with their films? Never give up. If you like doing this work, keep doing it. Continue to do it because eventually your passion will materialize. And I would say to any student who feels discouraged, just, just say, what did I learn? And now do it again and do it better. And then what did I learn from that? Do it again. And I think that's the key thing. Students can't stop. This is, if this is your career choice, then go for it. Mm. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice <laughs> and very, very grateful for me to call you a mentor, you know, just because we've worked since I was a freshman year um, and I didn't know what I want to do. I still don't really know what I want to do, but definitely like your 
guidance has been something that has been very important to me and I'm very grateful for it. And I, I hope that um, other people who have been in your classes feel the same. I hope that people who are listening can, can take away something from this um, because you do have a lot of really, really important things to say that I think some people might need to hear. Yeah, follow your passion. That's my one advice. You know, I think coming back together after the pandemic was critically important. Yes. Not mm -hmm. just for students, but for all of us. We have forgotten what compassion is, what empathy is. We've forgotten how to be together, and we need to remember all of that. And so it's really important for us to have events that bring people together. And, you know, I hope the pandemic is over. I don't want to go back that way. The reality is, it's going to be different. Next year will be different. But right now, we just need to get back together again. And that's why having this festival is really important to me. Yeah, I mean, this is our first like real in-person interview that we've done. Um, our other, like the ones that we did with classmates um, were done from those booths over there and we were all separate from each other. Just Ben and I hearing each other between the walls right there. Um, and all of our filmmaker ones have been online. The one with, with Leslie was online. So like it, it's, it's nice that we're able to do something like this. I mean, when I took the audio class, I couldn't do this in person. Um, I had to do everything from from this, the computer. So, um, I mean, even just doing this podcast has been really cool, and I would have never yes. thought I would have done this for a festival, you know? Um, yeah, and I think it's different. We have to recognize it's different to be only experiencing people on the screen. The experience of being in person is just radically altering, and we can appreciate one another in their physical essence in a way that we can't on the screen. So you're a filmmaker in your own right. Where can people find your work? Well, uh, <laughs> the film that has the most views is actually on YouTube, and it's got over half a million views right now. And it's about homeless women and children. And the reason it's on YouTube is because we didn't want to charge people for it. It's too big a story. It is too big a story. Because all the federal funding ends up being tilted away from families and towards men who are homeless. Because men who are homeless are visible on the streets and women who are homeless double up. They live with friends and families and that kind of thing. So that was, I won the BEA award for best faculty film when that was put in. And then I put it on YouTube and I said, the world should have this film. I actually showed it in DC to the director of uh, HUD, Housing and Urban Development. But I wanted the film to be out there as much as possible. And you know, selling it for $10 a pop, I was like, I don't have time for that anyway. It's the marketing. Mm. So I wanted it to be out there. Now, other films that I've done have ended up being more local in flavor. So the one that I made on, you know, uh, eat locally and think globally, that's on food and food production. That really is not in circulation because it's very regional, it's very regionally oriented. I've also done film work for 
for um, DeKalb County Courthouse. I've made a jury training video for the courthouse. I've done um, videos for the organization that has people watching domestic abuse trials for judges who favor the male rather than the female, who's uh, brought in the charge. And so my films have been much more local and much smaller because I don't have the time. I'd have to take a year off. Mm. And I don't have that kind of time. Um, the, so my films have ended up being local. They're shared locally. Um, I've done a film on homeless youth that I did for a school district in Rockford. So as I said, my films are much more local because I really can't take the time off. I'd have to, I'd have to leave my day job. So, and I like my day job. <laughs> we like it too. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so I know your Vimeo is under your name, Laura Vasquez. I'm assuming your YouTube is as well? Uh-huh. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I, I hope that people who are listening feel the same. I know we did. We should never. I know you wanted us to focus on blogs as well, but we just had so much fun doing this. Well, and actually, uh, it's. I'm glad.